from the land of adventure and diversity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans, only on Faces of Africa. The Kingdom of Lesotho in Southern Africa. It's famous for its steep valleys and spectacular mountains. Many of the plants growing wild here are a source of food for the local people. This is Ska Motiane, a Lesotho chef who's passionate about her country's cooking. She is on these slopes soon after dawn most mornings, looking for ingredients for her cooking pot. This is the kind of moraha that we love, which is delicious, very nice and nutritious. And we normally find it in the fields here or in the mountains here. Especially now after the rains, we've got lots and lots, lots of it. Moraha is a kind of wild spinach and is a staple food in Lesotho. This moraha is very important to our diet because we don't have to buy it. We don't have to buy it. We just have to come here and pick, and then we can just go and cook for our families. If I fill this bag, I can feed a family of 10 people for one meal. By 7 a.m., Scar is back in Motherland, the guest house she runs in Tabatsega in Lesotho Central Highlands. Not surprisingly, the kitchen is its hub. Are you ready with the eggs, sir? Okay. All right. My love for cooking started from a very, very young age. Although maybe I didn't realize exactly what was happening at that time. My mother was a very good cook. She cooked the most amazing meals. And being the eldest, I used to join her in the kitchen and I used to watch her. When I was still younger, we had, I think, the first bakery in Tabatseka. So I've always been around food. Motherland's kitchen serves up a range of meals, and Scar is proud of the fact that local dishes are included on the menu. Along with Muruho, the Basutu traditionally eat pup, a kind of porridge made from maize meal. Simple stews are conjured up from vegetables or beans. Sun-dried peaches seen on sale by the roadside are a favorite snack. Many of these dishes require just two or three ingredients. It's a far cry from the world-famous cuisines of, say, China or France. Lesotho cuisine is not so sophisticated. Like some other cuisines from other countries, we don't use a lot of spices and things like that. They're really simple, simple flavors. But the simplicity the simplicity of, of it is what makes it very special. It's cheap to make, it's cheap to cook, and it's very nutritious. Today is March the 11th and a public holiday in Lesotho. It's Moshweshwe Day, the anniversary of the death of the country's founder, King Moshweshwe I. To mark the occasion, 
Ska has decided to cook a traditional meal for her guests. First, she goes in search of some local brew. This is our traditional uh, beer, Jwala. And what Nemaitumeleng has in here is a mix of mealy meal and wheat meal and this sugar. And it's been simmering for three hours now. And it's been cooking nicely. This is not beer yet. So this you can even give to little children. It's very nice, it's very good, it's, 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 it's sweet. Kids love it. Once it has cooled down, then she's going to put the sorghum in. The sorghum causes the sugar to ferment into alcohol. The process takes between eight and 10 hours. Fortunately for Scar, the women have some they made earlier. Thank you. Very nice, very nice. Now she has the beer sorted. Scar's next task is to source the ingredients for her main dish. Her neighbor, Mary Lekanya, has invited her to take what she needs from her garden. Yes. I'm picking some pumpkin leaves and uh, just a little pumpkin, small pumpkin, to make a lipu. Lipu is the name of the dish, which is pumpkin leaf stew. Very soon it's going to be out of season, and then we won't have it. That's why it's special now. Back at the guest house, Scar gets to work. The leaves have some thorns. So first what I'm going to do is just to pinch off the top to get the thongs off because we don't want to eat the thongs. The beautiful thing about this dish, you don't have to chop it very, very fine because once it's cooked, it's just going to melt in your mouth. You can eat the seeds because it's still very young. Straight from the soil, straight to the kitchen. I love that. Now both the pumpkin and the leaves have been chopped. The cooking can begin. That goes into the bottom. And now I'm going to put the pumpkin leaves on top. And then I'm going to sprinkle some salt over. The stew cooks for 10 minutes. Ooh, it's looking nice. By now, the dining room is filling up. The beer is being served from traditional clay pots. So what do Scar's guests think about her local dishes? They remind me of the old years, the past years when I was here. I used to eat this kind of food. So I get very pleased after eating this food. Now people, they are getting fed because of this fast food, but this one, maybe if you can eat them always, I can lose weight also. Traditional food, 
is my favorite because it reminds us of who we are. Though totally surrounded by South Africa, Lesotho has a strong cultural identity of its own. Its people are known for their round thatched huts and traditional handicrafts, particularly their conical straw hats. Because of its high altitudes, the country is known as the kingdom in the sky. But life here can be tough, especially in winter when it snows. Two years of severe drought have made it even tougher. Though rain has recently fallen, it has been too little and too late. The lush green fields belie the widespread crop loss and hunger now afflicts one in three people. Many of the smallholder farmers Scar buys her food from have been badly affected. In more favorable years, the woman would have been harvesting potatoes three months ago. Today, the search is on for the first spud of the season. I love buying from small farmers because I believe that if I don't support them and I don't buy from them, um, the, the businesses are not going to be, you know, sustainable, you know, they need to feed their families, you know, and, and, and the, the, the beautiful thing about buying from them as well is I can always visit them and see where the things are being planted, you know. For me, that special bond of going and seeing, oh, this is where my food comes from, is, is very special to me. The women's farming methods are totally organic. They use neither fertilizer nor insecticides. The potatoes that I buy from Tabazeka are very flavorsome because of the, of the soil that they grow the potatoes on. Tabatzaka produces the best, I believe, the best potatoes in the whole world. <laughs> the whole world. Before Man Tabiseng retired and turned to farming, she was a teacher and taught Ska at school. Ska had a soft heart. In our culture, we say, which we mean the heart that is being eaten, that cannot hurt you. She would be taking care of other students, care of other kids. And here, upstairs, she was very clever, very smart. Go and cook for your people. Thank you, thank you. The drought has hit Lesotho hard, but the landlocked country's economy is enjoying some success from a perhaps surprising source. This is Katse Dam, Located 2,200 meters above sea level, it is the second largest dam in Africa. Due to its high altitudes, winter temperatures here often fall below zero. A trout farm was established at Katze in 2012 and now exports hundreds of tons of fish to Japan and South Africa each year. Ska buys trout for her restaurant from here and has been invited over to see how it operates. 
It would be very interesting for me to see exactly where the trout is coming from. Yeah. Trout is the kind of fish that prefers cold weather. So Kassidem offers exactly that, around 17 degrees Celsius. And also the water quality, it, it, it needs to be grown in a high water quality. So the water quality at Kassidem is suitable for trout farming. The project has provided much needed employment in Lesotho. To work here at Highlands Trout and getting money, monthly salary, uh, that's very, very great to the local people since most of them, they were not yet employed. They were just sitting at home, doing nothing. If you can see where the level of water was before, mm -hmm. then the water should have to drop very, very badly. We never found this before. Is this because of the drought? That's what causes the water level to go this low because it took like more than seven months without rain. The farm has five trout growing areas. So, Scott, this is our cold side too. Wow. This is where we grow up our, our, our trout fish up okay. to 2 to 2.5 kg. That's our best target. Up to 2.5 kg? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's called rainbow trout because it has that beautiful color. This is just so awesome, hey? There's a kitchen in there. Inevitably, Scar is also interested in the staff's eating arrangements. Scar is known a lot in here about the work that she's doing, showing the products of Lesotho and the cuisines of Lesotho. So like that inspires a lot of people to, to do different things about our food. And yes, she's the best when it comes to our trout as well. From the land of adventure and diversity, come tales of survival, success and ingenuity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans, only on Faces of Africa. Scar champions fresh natural ingredients, a healthy diet and traditional cooking. But eating habits in Lesotho are changing, particularly here in the capital Maseru and other urban areas. Recent years have seen the arrival of many fast food outlets and obesity, particularly among women, is on the increase. Today, one in three under fives is malnourished, the result of poverty, failing harvests and ignorance about healthy eating. Scar shares a house on the outskirts of Maseru with her father. I've got your tea ready and a date. He admits he had doubts when she chose cooking as a career. I thought she would pursue law because she was reading for a law degree in, at the National University of Lesotho here. But she switched horses and went for the food sciences. In the beginning, I just wasn't convinced that that was the line she should be pursuing. But I let her follow her own interest. And then I, can, I could see she was really quite uh, passionate about it. Scar moved to South Africa, where she studied cookery in Johannesburg, then worked as a chef and as a product development consultant. Around this time, she married. My marriage didn't last that long, less than five years. But from that marriage, it produced two beautiful, beautiful daughters who are now teenagers, and they are now in school. 
in South Africa. Scar's life in South Africa was successful and rewarding, but the sudden death of her mother in a car crash turned her world upside down. When I lost my mother, that was the biggest blow that I've ever felt in my life. It was really terrible. That was the first time I think that I ever felt such pain. I don't know if it's because it was sudden, but for her just to go like that and then just never come back, it was so severe when my mother died. I'm the one who cried the most. I made a decision right there and there to live my life in South Africa, to, to live it. I think her death enforced that feeling for me to really reconnect with my roots. Returning to her homeland, Scar reconnected in the best way she knew how, through cooking. Discovering there was no traditional Lesotho cookbook, she spent the next two years traveling the length and breadth of the country, recording its time-honored recipes. Many areas are reachable only by an arduous trek, and her journey took her to many remote villages. Among them, Sehong Hong, in the east of the country, the birthplace of her father, and still the home of her beloved aunt, Mapiloso. like my mom every time I need advice every time I'm struggling with anything then I, I know I can just visit her or I can just call her and I know I'll, I'll, I'll feel better my aunt lives a, a very simple simple beautiful life everything she, she has from her garden she preserves and she doesn't need money to buy much stuff and I really admire that about her Mapiloso shared with Scar some of the recipes she's been making all her life. I'm eating this very well. It's looking good. People in this part of the world don't have ovens in their kitchens, and among the recipes Mapiloso taught Scar was one for steamed bread, which is cooked in a cauldron outside. Dried meat, known in Lesotho as lihoapa, or biltong, is a favorite snack in southern Africa and Scar brought some for her aunt and local farmers to share. This smells very good. Devised as a way of preserving meat without refrigeration, the joint is first sprinkled with vinegar and salt and left to dry for days or even weeks. The meat can be eaten cold, but traditionally in Lesotho, it's grilled or barbecued. Then it is pounded and torn into strips. Mm. Mm. This one that we are cooking here, is made from beef, but this dried meat can be made from horse meat or from donkey meat. In fact, outsiders, people who are not Basutu, they joke about us, they say we eat our own transport. Just a joke that other people make about us. But it's very flavorsome I mean, and it's very good. And when it's available, we do eat it and we are so proud of it. By the end of her journey, Scar had collected more than 30 traditional recipes. Aware that the Lesotho's royal family are keen supporters of the country's culture, she decided to approach the queen and tell her about her plans for the cookbook. 
Lesotho is a constitutional monarchy. The king, Letsia III, is head of state, but does not take part in political activities. The royal palace in Maseru is currently being rebuilt, and Ska was asked to come to the family's residence in Matsieng, some 40 kilometers away. As well as a modern indoor kitchen for regular use, the house has a traditional outdoor kitchen to cater for official functions. The queen invited Scar here to demonstrate some of the traditional dishes. In my lifetime, I had never come across a recipe book for our traditional dishes. And so when she came up with the idea, I thought it was a very brilliant one. This is maize meal, and then this is um, rojo. As a child growing up, I had always wanted to, to learn how to prepare some of our traditional dishes. But for some reason, I don't know whether it was a secret or it was just kept for the older women. It's, uh, it still remains a mystery to me till today, but I was very excited when she revealed uh, her book and supported her fully. The Queen wrote the foreword to Scar's book, which was published in 2012. It won the award for Best African Cookbook of the Year. The judges praised the simplicity of the recipes and Scar's appreciation of Lesotho food culture. They said she had done a service to her country in recording dishes that were in danger of being lost. Suddenly, offers came flooding in. It changed my life. It opened doors for me. People started calling me. Everybody wanted to interview me. People wanted to invite me to their events. Scar was invited by one of the United Nations food agencies to join a campaign to raise awareness about traditional cooking and the need for adaptation to climate change. In October 2015, she was a guest speaker at a conference on food security in the Italian capital, Rome. She was also approached by the slow food movement, which promotes regional cooking, local communities and the environment. Determined to put her newfound fame to the best possible use for her country, Scar and some like-minded friends founded Flavor of Africa. Today, they're at St. Leo's School in Maseru. It is one of the first beneficiaries of the project. Well, through the project, we raise funds, uh, most often uh, through cooking. So we hold dinners, a chef would cook, and then we'd raise funds. And the funds would then be donated to schools for the agricultural program specifically. It is thanks to Flavor of Africa that this vegetable garden has been set up. They've provided seedlings, garden tools, and a water tank. Many of the children here are severely disadvantaged. Some, they don't have both parents, father and mother. Some, they have single. Some, they are poor, although they have parents. Some are HIV positive. Because of Flavor of Africa, we're able to plant vegetables, we are able to feed them. The school's head is Mamahali Sofonia. Hello, man. How 
are you? Fine and you, Oscar? I'm good, thank you. How is everything going? Oh, the garden looks beautiful. So you're working very hard. I can see you're working very hard. I'm so proud of the garden. Flavor of Africa also promotes healthy eating. And Scar is here to give the children a cookery demonstration. Ah, good morning, everybody. My name is Scar Motiani, Chef Scar Motiani. And I'm just happy today to come and show you some dishes that I know that you will love making at home. And we are so lucky because we've got the garden. Everything that I have here on the table, it's something that you can get from the garden. Now I'm going to start with the onion. I love onion. Onion smells good. The onions are softening up, so I'm adding the carrots in there. The carrots are good for color, they're good for our eyes. You can smell how good this is already. I don't like to overcook the vegetables. I still want a little bit of some crunchiness so that we keep all the nutrients in. Now I'm going to add my favorite, favorite ingredient, which is the cabbage. So I'm going to add it in there as well. What I want to do basically is to make sure that everything is cooked nicely, it's mixed thoroughly, it looks good, and then it will be ready to serve. Scar has won local fame and international recognition for her role in promoting Lesotho's traditional recipes. What drives her is her passion for her country's culture and its cooking. I believe people should hold on to their past so that they don't lose their, their true identity and where they come from. I want to leave that legacy for my kids, for my grandchildren, one day when I have grandchildren. I'm hoping that one day people will, will look back and still know those traditional Basutu dishes and that's what I'm trying to achieve.